0: As I said, my name's Rich, um, and I'm here to speak to you today about the amazing subject of the resurrection. And one of the things that I um, also do alongside working is I study, and I'm currently finishing my master's in theology. Um, I wander around the stage a bit as well. I apologise; it's a bad habit of mine. I'm limited by this, I've put that there to stop me going too far. But um, I study—I study a master's in theology, and I am a Bible geek. I love the Word of God, and I love really getting into what's going on behind the scenes in these stories. And so, I Phoebe read from Matthew this morning, and the reason I got her to read from Matthew is because there's some really exciting stuff that happens in Matthew in how he records the resurrection. You see, Jesus was not the only person resurrected in the Bible. There are other people who were resurrected. We have Jesus himself resurrects a few people, Lazarus, a few um, kids as well. In the Old Testament, Elijah and Elisha both resurrect someone. But what is it that makes Jesus' resurrection unique? What is it that makes it so special? And Matthew really wants you to know that this was unique, that this was special, that this was something far more than just someone who had been lying in the grave and coming back to life, that this was for a reason. And he does this in a few ways. The first thing he does is as um, he is telling the story of Jesus dying on the cross, there's this really bizarre scripture that only Matthew records, and it says this. It says, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. He just throws that in there. By the way, a bunch of people just got risen to life in this moment. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Imagine you're in a city, and not only are there rumours that Jesus maybe has come back to life, but a bunch of random people from history have just started coming around and seeing you. What? What's going on? So that's our first marker that maybe something different is happening with Jesus' resurrection. Maybe there's something unique in this moment. The next thing is that we have this centurion who, when Jesus dies on the cross, he says that suddenly he goes, surely he was the son of God. But someone outside of the people of God, someone who isn't Jewish, someone who didn't know Jesus' story, but suddenly recognize something divine, something special is happening in this moment. We also know that the leaders at the time were actually generally scared that, that the Israelites, so the disciples, might come and t- try and take Jesus' body because they'd heard this rumor that Jesus said, I will be resurrected after three days, and they didn't want anyone to do that. So they intentionally put the biggest stone they could. We're told that they sealed the stone. They put Roman guards in front of it so that no one could open it. So Matthew's really emphasizing this was really locked. Like, it was really stuck shut on purpose, right? And then there's a violent earthquake. Angel of the Lord appears and moves the stone. He's described exactly as it is in Daniel. And he sits on top of the stone as if to say, you can try all you like, but God's in charge. So there is a very different thing going on here. And Matthew really wants his readers us to know that this resurrection is special. It is unique, it is divine, it is awesome, and it is to fulfill, fulfill what has been said in the Scriptures. It is to fulfill what has gone before, the promise that has been said. That's what. Those are the markers of his resurrection that are so unique. But I don't know about you, but if I was a disciple, I don't think I would have picked up on all those markers going back. I think if I'd been on Good Friday, it would not have felt like a good day. Good Friday is the most ironic name in human history for anyone who was alive in that moment. Because for the disciples, they had had 600 years. Obviously, they hadn't been alive, but as a people, 600 years since their kingdom, Israel and Judah, had ceased to exist as as they knew it. They'd been taken into exile. They'd been taken away. They were longing for change. They were longing for a revolution. They were longing for something that would take them out of their oppression, out from an oppressive regime, and move them forward. I don't know whether you've ever longed for something, whether you've ever wanted um, something a certain way, and it feels like it's going a certain direction, and then suddenly it changes. It's frustrating, it's heartbreaking, it can be soul destroying. The Israelites has the disciples, sorry, had Wandered with Jesus. They had seen Jesus do miraculous things. They'd see, seen him raise others from the dead. They'd seen him heal the sick. they seen him stand up for the broken, for the oppressed, stand up for the widow, for the women, stand up for the prostitute, stand up for anyone on the margins. Jesus said, I do things differently. My kingdom is different. And they were excited to go on that journey. They thought, maybe, maybe this is the revolution we were after. This is the phenomenal moment where history changes. Maybe we will finally be back in power. Maybe we'll kick the Romans out. They were longing for a revolution. And in the garden, they come to arrest Jesus. And Peter, ready for this revolution, draws his sword. And Jesus says, put your sword away. Because those who live by the sword die by the sword. And Jesus went. Imagine your friend, this leader that you've been following, who is the promise of something so much more that you are longing to see, that you are longing and hoping for and thinking, this is it. And suddenly, in a moment, it feels like that is not going to happen. I know in my own life, there have been times where I have dreamt and longed for something, and it hasn't happened I was severely sick for 10 years with an illness and I longed for healing and I longed for things to change and it didn't happen and it was heartbreaking and it hurt. And I was saying, God, where are you in this? Where are you on this dark day in this darkest day of my soul? Where is that resurrection truth? And I didn't know. And then one day I had a big operation, and and, and it fixed so much stuff, but it wasn't the divine healing moment I was longing for. Yet, I have seen God work miracles through my story, through being faithful, through walking with God in the hardest moments, through walking with God in the hard times and the things and the struggles, and saying, my God is still good, even when I don't feel it. My God is still good when I'm in the mire. My God is still good when things are going great. He is good and he is faithful yesterday, today and forever. Yeah. But man, if I'd been at Good Friday and I watched my God die on the cross, I don't know if I still would feel that. I think I'd be despair. I'd be lost. I'd be confused. And we know that apart from John's account, most of the other accounts imply the disciples may not have even been at the crucifixion. Or if they were, they were very, very far away. Probably running scared, confused, and alone. The thing is, Jesus has an eternal perspective, which we don't have. Jesus is not just here for this moment. He will move in your moment. He will come and do your miraculous things and wow moments and make us go, oh my word, what an awesome God, because he is. But he's not here just for today. You are both his favorite one, as is everyone else. Jesus is here for the entirety of eternity. And the cross is just as much about the moment it happens in time as it is about today, as it is about Genesis. And in Genesis, you have this moment all the way back at the beginning of the Bible where man was given a choice. Man was given the choice say, you can live in eternity with me or you can go out there on your own and you will die. But you can do it. And man chose its own way. And throughout history, God has continually given man the offer to say, I welcome you into my presence. He created spaces like the tabernacle tent where where man could come. But the only way they could come was through a sacrifice, through making themselves pure first. Brendan brilliantly shared about this on Friday, but this sense of a sacrifice had to be made in order to enter the Holy of Holies. But Jesus wouldn't want that continual relationship he wanted us to have personal relationship so he embodies physical humanity to die as a human as son of man and son of God he dies he becomes a sacrifice he takes on our sin he takes on all the mistakes that you and I have made all the baggage sits on him from the past from the future from that moment everything on his shoulders and he takes it to the cross. And he dies. So that you and I can have eternal life. So that you and I could live for something more. See, Christ dying fulfills the scriptures. We heard from Luke earlier, Jesus literally say, all this has happened to fulfill the scriptures. Paul, in 1 Corinthians, reiterates it. He dies also not just for the Jewish people, but for everyone, not just for a select few in that moment, for all, for, for people for all of time. For while we were still helpless, all at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man; though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even dare even to die but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. But Christ didn't just die, did he? was resurrected and we are here today to celebrate resurrection sunday to celebrate easter the fulfillment the promise jesus is resurrected he reigns on high eternal and i love um, the the line in the bible talks about death where is your sting but i was reading the message translation and it literally says oh death who's afraid of you now Who's afraid of you now? Because you see, by being resurrected, Jesus eliminates our need for the fear of death. Because he said, not only am I resurrected, but one day you will join me in your, my resurrection. You will join me in eternity. You don't need to be scared of death. You don't need to be scared of anything. Because my kingdom, my promise, the things I have for you as a people of God, it's far more than this world can promise. It's far more than what tomorrow promises. It's far more than what the government can promise us or anything they can do. It's far more. It's beyond those things. God, fully man and fully God, fully dead. He has been risen. We are a resurrection people. And it is so easy as a people to get caught in the moment, in this moment, to get caught in our immediate, to get caught in our concerns and our worries, to ask God, where's this thing going to come from? How is this going to work out? God's been working for quite a long time. I think he knows what he's doing. There will always be times when life is hard. There will always be times where we struggle and we ask questions and we think, why? And God is all about questions. He's all up for the questions. But the good news is, Sunday is coming. Sunday has arrived. So we live for more than our media. We live to be part of the eternal story. We live to be part of what God is calling us into. We are called to so much more than just now. And we get to partake in the greatest adventure, the most wonderful thing of bringing God's kingdom to this earth. Because the world has all its promises It will always try and tell us to do things in a different way and say, I can give you this, this, and this. But no matter how much time we spend in the world, the only thing the world will lead us towards eventually is death. But Jesus leads us towards life. Always towards life. And his final command to his disciples is in Matthew. And I've not written it on my notes, but it should hopefully come up on the screen (laughs) if I remember to give them the verse. Or maybe not. (laughs) But the final verse says this, go into all the nations and make disciples of all people. Telling them the good news, telling them the gospel, telling them the things he said. Here we go. Jesus said to them, do not be (laughs) afraid. He said more than do not. He said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see. It's a verse at the very, very end of Matthew 28. The last verse. We'll get there in a moment, hopefully, maybe. Dan, Dan's standing there watching him. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That command was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And surely I am with you always. And teaching them to obey. And surely I am with you always, too, the very end of the age. <laughs> We didn't practice that. You might have picked that up. <laughs> God is for us, not against us. He has equipped us for such a time as this. And Huddersfield Community Church, God is calling you to be a light to this city, yes. to transform your neighbours, to transform the relationships you are in, to transform and bring to God transformative nature, his hope to this area. He is the light of the world. He is the only hope of the world. There is nothing better. Nothing tops him. Nothing can take away from him. And you are called to go. And I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're on Sunday and you have that hope. Or maybe you're on Friday and you're saying, Rich, I hear what you're saying, even with your southern accent, just about. But I can't get there yet because it's been painful and it's hurt and it's been a struggle. And I believe for the resurrection, I believe for the things you're saying, Right now, I'm stuck in Friday, and it doesn't feel like a good Friday. And if that's you, we'd love, well, I'd love to pray for you. I'm sure others would love to pray for you. I'm sure there's people here who would walk alongside you. But I am here to tell you Sunday is coming, and there is hope, and there is light, and there's always more. And God is good. Amen.